keep on trucking. <laughs> keep, keep on trucking. I'm going to edit that out. Yes. Keep on trucking, people. <laughs> Welcome to GCP Life, episode number 14 a show where we discuss Google Cloud and tech. GCP Life is sponsored by Kazna. At Kazna, we make your Google Cloud solutions possible. I am your host, Stephen Bancroft. And on today's show, we get some perspective from Mr. Kubernetes himself. Google I.O. is on right now. We also take a look at some Google training, Swift on Google, and we take a deep dive on the Google Q1 results. But before we get to any of that, I want to welcome the co-host that's here with me every fortnight. It's Dave Wall. How are you going, Dave? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks, mate. I had a, uh, a delivery turn up about five minutes before we started recording. I was like, I was watching the guy come. I'm like, don't turn up in the middle of recording. <laughs> and he got here and I've, I've got it. So there's a new graphics card for me. So I'll be uh, tearing my PC open after this. Oh, what'd you get? I got a Galax 3080. The 3080, the yeah. TI model, or just the no, 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 no. It wasn't stretching the budget that much. The yeah. um, 3080s were coming down to like a, a not terrible price point now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I thought, ah, let's just do it. Why not? And uh, what's your main game? Well, you got a sort of a main. I'm I'm between games at the moment, so it's uh-huh. uh, it's uh-huh. it was just more of a like a. Yeah, let's just get it now, and then when I right. pick up the next thing, um, like, the last thing I was sort of playing seriously was Borderlands Three, which was like a couple of years ago that it came out. Oh yeah, yep. Um, yep. But I was like, I really liked the first two, so I was like, ah, okay, let's sit down, get some right. time in, and so you're more of a sort of campaign story mode kind of game player. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't really get into the uh, competitive stuff. I, yep. I tried to pick up Doom Eternal again recently, but it's just it's just way too fast paced for me. It's just like I'm not <laughs> relaxed at the end of any level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, wow! I tell you what, we um, we should do a couple of comparisons of them. See how many frames you're getting because my 3070 Ti, oh boy, it's it's the goods. It's the goods. Oh, I'm, I'm in War Thunder. I'm probably on a good day. I'm getting maybe 120, 130 FPS. Ooh, what um, what um, resolution? Uh, that's on my, on this screen I'm using here, which is uh, ultra wide. So it's what, 38, 50 by 14, 40, okay. something like yeah, that. Nice. Yeah. So, um, yeah. More cranking along. That. Yeah. yeah. It's cranking along. Yeah. So the, it's, uh, you know, a G-Sync 144p, uh, 144, um, Hertz monitor. So I'm pretty much as fast as it's going to go. Very happy with the outcome of that purchase, but yeah, we should, uh, you tell me what game you've got. We'll see if we can compare notes on that. <laughs> yeah, nice. That could be a, a new podcast idea. <laughs> Do frame rate comparisons. Of, yeah, speaking of video cards, you see um, NVIDIA have open sourced the GPU kernel modules. I nearly fell off my seat when I saw this. Huh. this. This is a, you know, it's been a bugbear of Linux for a long, long, long time. Um, the fact that NVIDIA... You've got to basically put, either use the the nouveau, nouveau drivers uh, or the buggy drivers that uh, NVIDIA release. But now the source code for their kernel module is up and 
available on GitHub. Awesome, because the AMD one has been around for a while. Yeah, I thought I, from what I'd heard, the oh, yeah. AMD one's yeah, pretty a few good years now. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, but but right now it's only compute workloads, so it's only CUDA stuff. Um, no graphic workloads at the moment, but that's coming at the end of the year. Oh, awesome! Uh, towards the end of the year. So, um, and look, they're going a funny way about it too. They're not. It's <laughs> it's open source, but without the collaborativeness, which is oh, kind of okay. weird because. <laughs> If you look at the, there's a couple of pull requests that have been, you know, this morning there was, because it was literally like an hour after it had been released, I started looking at it. Um, There's a few more pull requests now. They'll take your pull request and they'll say, uh, thank you, um, we'll include that with the next release. So they're not merging any of the pull requests. Right, uh, okay. and they'll so, take it back into their little space, and then when they do their next release, they'll drop that code. Right, so they're not going to show you the development. It's just next time uh, they'll what they'll blow this repo away and just drop the updated one in, or quite possibly, yeah, something like that. So it's a bit weird in that way. I mean, at least it's something. Apparently, Red Hat's been working behind closed doors with them on this. Um, at least it's something for now. Um, we'll see. You know, maybe they'll figure out what open source is actually all about by the end of the year. (laughs) Um, The other quick thing I wanted to mention was um, that uh, there are a couple of blogs floating around. I'll put links in the show notes. Um, Colleague of ours, uh, Darindra Nath, he's he's done written a fantastic blog on the the nine reasons to study Google SRE. Um, That's on LinkedIn. And yours truly, I did one uh, about twelve months ago now. Um, which is entitled The Principles of DevOps and SRE. So, um, yeah, I'll put links to the show notes in those, and you can go and learn all about your DevOps and SREs. Oh, awesome. It's always good. I think, like, D's one is just about, like, you know, reasons why it's good to look at Google's SRE model and, like, how that can benefit you. So, yeah, it's always good to be up to date on that kind of stuff. And I know right. for myself, and, like I'm, I'm studying for the uh, the DevOps cert at the moment, so it's like, oh, okay, yeah, it's another little poke to you know just get it done. <laughs> yeah, and and likewise with my one, I I wrote that article around the time I was studying for my DevOps cert as well. Um, so you'll find a lot of content in there that's probably pulled from you know various courses yeah, and nice. things I was reading. Um, but you, you go and um, there's literally a Google DevOps and SRE book. Uh, you can pull that down from... Uh, it's a free book, uh, isn't it? I think? It's free. If you just Google Google SRE books, I'm just doing this on the fly, um, yeah, you'll find the link to um, the O'Reilly books, uh, Building Secure and Reliable Systems, the Site Reliability Workbook, and Site Reliability Engineering. Uh, they're all freebies uh, that you can just find online. So, yeah, I, I, I read the two uh, SRE books around the same time I was studying and, and pulled a lot of the content on my blog from those. Yeah, awesome. Um, so, yeah, check those out. Yeah, all right. Well, we might um, we might get cracking with the show. Um, I think I mentioned it last week. I, I went and saw Kelsey Hightower talk. I was very um, jealous. <laughs> mm, yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, what a cool cat. Um, he's uh, – he, he – he had some really nice comments to say about Australia. Um, and he's, he's like, you know, you guys are so humble and you, you don't think you're doing good tech, but then I come here and I see what you guys are doing and it just blows my mind that th- this is going on. Um, 
you know, it's kind of his his thoughts around, you know, Australia. He loves the place. He's been here a few times now. Um, but I I took along my little personal recorder and I just sort of stuck it there at the side and, and recorded what was going on. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I took a whole recording of the event. So I'll link the um, I'll link to that in the show notes. You can download, have a listen for yourself. And you know, I did a little bit of studio magic on it to make it sound a bit nicer. Uh, but what I thought we might do is we'll take a listen to a couple of quotes um, that Dave and I have decided thought that might be interesting for everyone to listen to. Um, and this first quote, um, you know, he he was he was sort of I don't know. You've heard you've heard it, Dave. I'd say his talk wasn't so technical. No, um, no. I think it was, no. it was cultural. It was about you know, personally and within you know business as well. I guess. Yeah, and and life lessons that he's had because he, from what I understand, he he's not highly educated. Uh, in a traditional sense, um, he basically had to uh, school the hard knocks, learned everything himself, got to where he is now, and invented Kubernetes. And now he's like a superstar engineer. So he had a lot of discussion around, you know, making your own future and, you know, be the future that you want to be and, and um, you know, don't always try and, you know, chase the future what you think is going to be the future because that's already anyway you, you'll hear it you hear it i'll give you a few quotes now and um and you'll hear what i mean here we go let's take a listen awesome and i remember looking at my first job you know thing that you're going to apply for they had all these skills that were required in order to get that job you almost have to pass that checklist of things and so i spent most of my life getting to the point where i could actually gain enough respect where i can actually land those jobs but then i also realized that I didn't put as much time learning how to live. So there you go. He's he's talking about work life balance. Really, I mean that's what it comes down to. For sure. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people that you know really can empathise with that. Like especially early on in your careers where you don't have all the experience. You know, plenty of people I know that like get stuck like in a support role for a long time because no one will hire you outside of support because you haven't been a sysadmin or. Um, there's a lot of grinding, but yeah. And I guess when you're starting out in your career and you're younger, there's probably a lot of pressure on cause you, you're working with people that may have been in the industry for a long time. And like you, you see that as the end game and you want to be there. Um, you know, I guess the, 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 the thing, and, and he'll probably, if you listen to the talk, you'll, you'll take this away from his discussion. Um, he's saying, make your own path, be your own be your own thing, right? You, there's, there's, there's certain. You should just do whatever you need to do, but don't feel pressured to, um, just constantly catch up with everyone, right? You sure you need to learn the tech, but um, you know, you, you don't need to know all the, the stuff. You don't need to know the future. Uh, mm. That's a bit hard to explain. We'll, we'll, we'll get onto what he's talking about. <laughs> I think it's probably like a bit more like you don't have to know all the precursors as well. Like you don't oh, have a bit of that as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't have. To, I guess that I was trying to say. You yeah, don't have to yeah. go through like five generations or something. You can maybe like the current thing and then keep your eye out and see what's kind of coming. <laughs> and he also says the current thing is going to die one day. Oh, yeah. So don't get too caught up in it, right? <laughs> <laughs> don't get a Kubernetes uh, tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So um, he goes on to tell a story about his mum learning how to type. Uh, she was self self taught, 
Then eventually mom comes home with the badge. She has normal work hours. She can predict spending time on the weekend. And then I realized that she willed herself into the future she wanted to see. And she did it by teaching herself no excuses. So there you go. Um, she willed herself into the future that she wanted to see. He was talking about, uh, the question was asked about uh, who was, you know, big influence on him and who was his heroes. And he said, this, this influenced me more his than mom anything. mum learning how to touch type. His yeah. mum learning how to touch type. That's right. She willed herself into the future and she, she, she got a predictable nine to five job as a result of that. And then, you know, well-paying job. So she could, she could be around with the kids more often, right? Um, so he learned a lot from that and, he goes on to say later, he says, well, before I knew Kubernetes, I had to learn a whole bunch of things um, in order, you know, to get to the future that I wanted. Um, even if I didn't land a job or it didn't pan out exactly how I wanted it to, um, at least, you know, I've, I've learned those things along the way, right? That's kind of where he's coming from with it. Yeah, let's take another quote here. Uh, he's talking about maintaining legacy, legacy systems. Um, how? Oh yeah, about uh, things that are enterprise ready. Yeah, things that. And what is it? What does enterprise ready even mean? Um, this is yeah. Well, I think I guess we're taking a tangent from the first two quotes, but um, yeah, he says everything else needs to be expected to be compatible with them. Um, there's a lot to unpack in this one, so let's take a listen. One day you find out you open an issue. It's like sorry. I had to go to the school play, I didn't have time to update the library, and the InfoSec team knows that this is what you're doing. And then you put that on autopilot because something, something DevOps, something, something automation, and you're literally sucking in these libraries at build time. How am I supposed to protect the enterprise when I know you haven't even looked at the code? So I think there's a bit of empathy required when we're working with each other. And if you find it hard to gather that empathy, you can literally volunteer for a rotation to be on that team, work with that spreadsheet a little while, and ask yourself, can you make the spreadsheet go away? And if you can't do it, then hopefully you gain a little bit more respect about why it still exists, because sometimes these are hard problems. So that personal responsibility with a dash of empathy, that's how you actually move forward. And then you can start practicing that culture that you always wanted. Yeah, so he's he touches on a lot of things there. He's he's talking at the end there. He's talking about the the blame culture, I guess, where um, you might say, "Well, come on, uh, why isn't this engineered properly?" And then one of the things he points out is, "Well, just turn it around and say, well, you could engineer it properly. What, what, why haven't you engineered it properly? You know, it's a it's it's a Git repo. It's publicly available. Go and fix it. You, you can go and fix it. Or in the the situation that he describes there, uh, do a job rotation with someone and then deal with the process that they have to deal with. And if you think you can fix it, then go ahead and fix it. You know, some spreadsheet that's been around <laughs> for 30 years that everyone uses instead of a database and go have at it. Yeah. And I think he was talking about like, um, like the, it's like InfoSec, the security team, it's, yeah, it's, you know, getting in the way of things. And it's like, well, if they always say no, and that's holding you back. Well, what can you do to make their role maybe a bit easier? Yes. You know, smooth smooth the wheel. Uh, that's how he starts that point. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. You know, if, if you feel that some other group, InfoSec or whoever is getting in the way, go with your problem. This is, a, this is the approach I always take. Go with your problem 
but also come with a solution to that problem. Yeah, right? definitely. Straight away, have the answer ready to go. So outline the problem first and then say, okay, this is a potential way to fix it. Yeah. Right? And then you'll quite often be given the latitude to go ahead and do it because uh, the person that you've given the problem doesn't want to take ownership of the problem. And in, in actual fact, it's my problem. Right, it's affecting me, right? Yeah. And I've got the answer, so I want to fix it, right? Yeah, it's right because if you just come and it's and it's basically like a you know like a support ticket, right? You basically go to security and go like, "Hey, I've got this issue, fix it." I'm like, oh, okay, well then they have to put in all the mental energy to get across it, and all right, we'll put that in our backlog. And as you said, if you come with like, "There's this, I think this will fix it." Can you sanity check this together? You know, yeah, yeah or nay. Okay, great. Go ahead. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's always been a strategy that I've used throughout my career. Um, seems to get me the things I want. Um, <laughs> he also talks about in that little quote there uh, about automation, something, something, DevOps, something, something, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, what he's talking about there is uh, the culture of just, just, pulling down code from random GitHub repos, you know, and, and hinging your entire um, your entire app or your entire security mechanism off that. Um, you know, yes, it, it can work. Um, is it, um, you know, can it be uh, exploited? Yes, it can. Can be, indeed. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, I mean, it's much like Wikipedia, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's biggest... Uh, its biggest power is also its its weakest link, right? I mean, the fact that everyone can edit it is bad because everyone can edit it, but it's also good because everyone can edit it. <laughs> yeah, and and I think there was uh, I can't remember it being a, a security issue, but I think it was there was something in the last like six months where I remember there was a developer who I can't remember what the library was now, but it was something that was in like some Node.js library. Yeah, and he pulled it and, and it shut uh, down the internet for 24 hours or something. <laughs> yeah. And he just, I don't know, he, he was blocked on something. And so he just nuked his own repository and then everything that went and build it, uh, went to build broke. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's been a few stories of that in the past, but um, yeah, the fact that, yeah, it can all hinge on this one tiny little, repo that's run by a 12 year old kid somewhere <laughs> that's that's what he gets that's what he gets to in that quote um so yeah be aware where the code is coming from um and he, he also sort of touches on the the i'm going to use a word here the ossification of process and the ossification of infrastructure so um if you don't know what that Word means it to, for something to ossify means for it to set like bone, right, and become hard, right, and just fossilized, fossilized, yeah, stay in place, right. Um, so yeah, we see this in IT all the time, right, and to 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 break to break that, like imagine imagine now if we and there've been attempts if you wanted to reboot the entire, you know, rebuild the entire DNS system, right. It to be it's that so ossified in 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 situ at the moment. You couldn't, you almost couldn't do it, right? I know Russia are talking about building some new DNS system, but I don't know. Um, so yeah, we can't even get off IPv4. We can't, you can't even get off IPv4. Exactly. Um, IPv6 is never going to happen. So he touches on the 
oh, I've seen this so many times. The culture in enterprise that says, can you make the new thing work the old way? Um, I don't know how many projects I've been on where they've brought in the new whiz-bang product and they never replace the old one because there's some tiny little esoteric function that it can't do, so they end up with two systems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Or two systems for an extended period of time, like 10 years, and then they finally get rid of the old system. <laughs> And they're going to build out new integrations between the two systems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They spend all their effort doing that rather than just getting the new one right to start with. Or just, like, guys, just accept that the new one doesn't work like the old one and we're going to move on, right? Yeah. Uh, Look, I can understand some use cases like around finance and things like that where that's- I really need my Access 97. Yeah. (laughs) 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 All right, let's move on here. Another quote. Uh, This one's pretty self-explanatory. If the company is paying you to help them utilize technology to run the business and you are unaware what's available, let's say you ask someone to build a house and they are unaware that there's things like heated floors. They're unaware of this thing called a kitchen. It's like, no, there's refrigerators and stoves and sinks like, oh, no, man, we don't need that. I've been building houses since 1903. It's like, yeah, but it's 2022. And I can't believe you're unaware of some of these modern advances like air conditioning. Like, we got windows. <laughs> and so I think when I hear that is, I think people forget that you're actually responsible for being in the know. Even if you don't plan to use it, you should still be in the know and be able to say why you're not using it. Yeah, yeah there you go. That touches on what we, we talked about at the beginning. Um, and, you know, that, that sort of hint, dovetails in with this Google, this 20% sort of philosophy, this 20% time philosophy that Google has, and a lot of startups have tend to have now, is spend the time to learn the technology, even if you're not going to use it. Run some experiments. Right. Run some, give it a go. Run some experiments, give it a go. It, it might give you some ideas for something else you're doing. Mm-hmm. Right, And then it, it might give you an idea of why you shouldn't use that. Right? Yeah, and I mean, you know, we see this with like, um, like with like GCP and all the other clouds, right? There's so many other services in there that you might be in an environment where you're pretty much just, you know, VMs with a single app on a on a box, and you go, okay, well, this is the compute stuff. But maybe you're not in the mood. You're not going to be going to GKE anytime soon. But have a play around. You might find you know some things that work for you. Go actually. You know, we're not probably not going to move all our environment to use like Cloud Run, but if someone came to me and said, hey, I've got this particular use case, we want to deploy this new thing, you go, well, we could probably do it this way. We could, we could, we can have a paradigm shift. We don't have to do the whole thing at once. Yeah. Yeah. Run an experiment, see how it goes. Yeah. yeah so he had, uh, he had a lot of, a lot of discussion around that kind of thing. Um, and I suppose that's that sort of philosophy has got him to where he is now. Um, I, I imagine he did a lot of experimentation with um, beginnings of Kubernetes. Um, he had to know how the uh, competing systems worked, so he would have played with them, pulled some ideas from here, pulled some ideas from there, and, and eventually got it ru- up and running. And so we don't really think that these things will change. I remember I went to Germany maybe about three years ago, and it was a Kubernetes meetup. It's like 300 people in this room. 
And they were really proud. I think one guy had a Kubernetes tattoo. He was all in. And I, and I started to talk. Kubernetes is going to die one day. And here's ideas on what will replace it. And they were all like, what the hell? I just got my Kubernetes certification. <laughs> so the flip side of that is whatever tech you're using now will die one day. Uh-huh. And he goes on in the talk to say, um, if it doesn't die, then we've got a problem. Yeah. We just, we finished computer science. We've, it's done. we've finished, we've reached the end and yeah. that's not cool. That's, that's not, that's not the way it should be. Uh, we need, we need something to replace Kubernetes. We need something to replace, I don't know, pick, pick a technology. We need something to replace. We need the next iteration. All right, so the links for that will be in the show notes. You can get the whole talk there. It's about a little bit over an hour. Um, Very insightful um, and uh, not as heavily technical as I thought it was going to be. All right, moving on. uh, Google I.O. 2022. Today. Today. Literally today. It was just on. And uh, boy, oh boy, didn't we see some stuff come out of it? Oh, so much stuff. I actually, I gave my credit card a workout this morning because I was like, oh, new things. New things, <laughs> new things, yeah. And um, and I was a bit overwhelmed. I thought I'd have to go through all these keynotes and all these talks and hours and hours and hours of things. But no, the great people at The Verge have put together a uh, keynote in 18 minutes and they've they've just cut together all the most interesting bits. And uh, I'll link No it, fluff. No fluff. I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes, but... Um, Oh, let's just let's just have a discussion about what there is. Pixel Seven, Pixel Seven. Yeah, I'm gonna, what do you think? I'm going to pick my Pixel Six up and I'll just throw it in the bin. It's a guy. It's just garbage. Yeet! It's It's out of here. Um, glass back. Are you, what do you think of the glass back? I, I don't I mean, know. It's, it's I irrelevant think, for me. Like I, I chuck a, look, a big chunky quad lock case on my phone anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do the big cases as well. I get the big, you know, the uh, these are beetle beetle defense cases. I always yeah, use. Yeah, you know, the military uses these. So. Um, you know. Yeah, so I need the black rectangle on the front. That's the most I kind of need. Yeah, that's the bit you use. And there's a under under screen thumbprint detector now. Apparently, uh, instead of the just the different thumbprints, you just on the screen and it'll. I'm hoping for the so, seven that's faster because the the six had that as well, but it's a little slower. Oh, it yeah, did. it does. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, the 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 five before it didn't have the fingerprint reader. It only had face detection, which when the five was current, we were in mask season, so that didn't work yeah, very well. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, I have to confess, I, this is not a Pixel phone. This is a OnePlus phone. So old school. I probably will be moving on to a Pixel 7 after this. It's about time. Uh, the earbuds. Earbuds look uh, cool. Noise-canceling earbuds look cool. Uh, I was quite impressed to hear that it was a six-core sock in the earbuds, <laughs> what the um, Pixel tablet? That's got me excited. I like my last Google tablet was a, like a Nexus Ten. I never got the Pixel tablet like, that they had a few years after because it was a lot more expensive. Right. <laughs> right. Well, my tablet is actually a Galaxy Tab S two. Yes, an S two. S two. So I could do with a little upgrade on yeah. that one. Um. And uh, all running on Android 13. For sure. Lucky 13. Yeah. Lucky 13. Let's see how that goes. I was excited to see about the, the, the Pixel Watch. 
The Pixel Watch, yes. Um, I'm very keen to see, uh, you know, with their foray back into, into wrist computing. And now they've got, um, you know, because they acquired Fitbit. So we'll see how that goes and, and really how that competes against the uh, the Apple Watch. Because, um, mm. like, I have to say, like, the Apple Watch looks like such a great product, but I'm so deep in the Android and Google ecosystem that it's like, well, I don't have an iPhone. I'm not going to make that no, switch. No, that's right. you got to go to yeah, go the iCloud and the whole thing. No, I don't want to do that either. Um, really cool feature on Android 13 is this scene exploration. Did you see this? I did. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, so just quickly, you can um, you can take, say you're at the shopping centre. As you do. And you've got like, a, as you do, and you've got the whole like rack full of chocolates and you want to know which ones are nut free you can take several photos of the rack and it'll stitch them all together and it'll just identify it'll categorize them all and just say which ones are dark chocolate which ones are light chocolate which ones are, are nut free etc etc so cool and just explore the scene for you scene exploration yeah, very it's cool multi-search and searching for everything and built into it yeah yeah um, Google Wallet gets some updates. That's good. Um, yeah. so IDs can, and stuff um, going to be supported. You can put IDs in there, yeah. So in New South Wales, we, we have an app called Service New South Wales. And, you know, full full um, full uh, big ups to Service New South Wales for doing this. I mean, it's it's this is what it's got in it now. So you've got your, your COVID certificate, your white cards, your driver's license, all that stuff in service New South Wales, but I could see a future where it could integrate with Google Wallet and you could have all that stuff in Google Wallet as well. Yeah. Why not? For sure. Right? Actually, that's good that you've got that for service New South Wales because the service Victoria one, I think, doesn't do driver's licenses and stuff yet. Like, hey, you COVID stuff, but I yep. don't think it does your other IDs yet. There right, it is. I'll just screenshot that. I'm taking all your PII. <laughs> <laughs> And even uh, it's even got the uh, holograph in the background. So when you when you jiggle the phone, the little hologram moves <laughs> like it would be on a on a regular license. Nice. Yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, that's cool. Um, new casting services. So um, when you when you do a screencast, they're supporting a lot more things. That's good. That's good. Oh, Google like a Google Chromecast, Chromecast. That's what I mean. Yeah. Um, now. One thing that I thought was interesting, and they, the, the talk I watched, they didn't dive anything more on it, but a thing called Matter. This is the and, smart home. And, well, they used the word pairing, and it was connecting to a lot of devices that would, in my mind, traditionally be Bluetooth devices. Okay. So I wonder if they're making a pitch at replacing Bluetooth with this thing. That's That's my prediction. Okay. Because they, the talk talks about, yeah, like all the smart home devices, um, TVs, stereos. Uh, I'm like, well, just doesn't Bluetooth do this? Right. Mm. Yeah, I didn't get too deep on the uh, the matter one. Um, but- I'm going to have to go and look more into that, but certainly sound that way. Mm. And who hasn't had a problem with their Bluetooth pairing with their car in the past? Constantly having problems all the time. <laughs> Thankfully, mine's actually pretty good because I have to do like the plug-in to get Android Auto, so right. it just kind of handles that. Like, so as long as the Android Auto bit doesn't crash on my head unit, which it does do one every like twenty drives. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like 
Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. Well, oh, don't get me started. Um, and then we can't go without mentioning the AR glasses. Google Glass is making a comeback. <laughs> I was really... Uh, okay, so I, w- I watched the video. Uh, the glasses <laughs> look a lot better than the Google Glass ones did because they just look like normal glasses. Uh, it was very impressive, the live translation. I would like to see, though what it actually looks like for the person reading the the translations. Right. Um, you know what it'd be like? I, I've been watching a lot of, like, Russian and Ukraine videos lately. I, I, I can't imagine why. <laughs> <laughs> and then you put on the translate with the subtitles. It's, it's not very good. <laughs> it's not very good at translating the English. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I think like yeah. I mean the, the, the live translation stuff aside, um, yeah, you know, I, I in my day to day that's that's I mean I, I never leave the house now, right? So um, that part doesn't you know doesn't do anything for me. But seeing how yeah uh, how I'm more, most interested in how the screens would be for the AR side of things because you know they don't look like. Um, you know, like Microsoft's big AR headset, uh, HoloLens doesn't look anything like that. It looks just like normal no. glasses. So, how much information could you actually show on them? Yeah. Well, I reckon um, translation of street signs, if you're in another country, that'd be perfect. Yes. Right? Driving, driving, right? And signs in, you know, Spanish or French or whatever, bang, pops up on your glass. Oh, what yeah, is in good. English? Yeah. That'd be great. And it, that... That doesn't need to be as real time. There can be a slight delay with that. Yeah, correct. right. Because uh, if you're looking at the sign off in a distance, there can be a bit of delay and it pops up and you go, oh, I know what it is now. Mm, true. And the other thing, though, that, uh, and the reason why I went shopping this morning um, was the updates to the Google Nest Max, uh, which is the, the, the home hub that has the camera in it, um, which is the, the look and talk setting. So I've got. Two, three. No, I think I've, I've got three like Google Nest screens around the house, and like I use them for everything. We always set timers on them. Use them in the kitchen. Um, it gets annoying having to. I'm not going to say the trigger words <laughs> because I've got one right next to me. <laughs> okay, Google. Okay, Google. <laughs> <laughs> Headset. I gotcha. <laughs> ah, damn. Um, but oh, hang on, my phone's gone. <laughs> <laughs> and anyone who's listening, <laughs> um, so. Uh, yeah, it's not. It'd be nice to actually. If I just look at it, I can just say like you know, set a timer or flip a coin. If my kids are fighting, I use the flip a coin. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> um, so yeah, I've done that, and also because I want to be able to use Duo to start like talking to my my grandparents, like set up like a video call kind of thing. So uh, yeah, I went shopping this morning for that. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, well, I mean, that's all the sort of products that have come out of Google now. A couple of. Um well, one other sort of Google Cloud thing that, that drew my attention, and this was actually posted by uh, Ira Bailey, our old co-host on LinkedIn. Um, he, he put this up and he uh, drew my attention to uh, AlloDB. So AlloDB is a new pre-release and uh, it's fully compatible with Postgres SQL, right, 14. Uh, it's four times faster than the standard Postgres SQL. Uh, two times faster than Amazon's comparable Postgres. A uh, hundred times faster analytical queries than standard Postgres. Only charge for the storage you use. 
no additional cost for replicas. I mean, what's what's not to like here? Free ultra-fast cache automatically provisioned in addition to instance memory. You get that on the fly, mm. right? Uh, and non-disruptive instance resizing and database maintenance. I think that's going to go gangbusters. That is going to go off, yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah, so it's in, pre- in preview now. I'll put a link to the show notes to the, the page on Google Cloud. Um, but, man, this sounds hot. This sounds really hot. Well, I think of, like, Postgres is so popular. <laughs> so it's a... Uh- it's yeah, it's like they've broken address. the fifth wall now. They've broken the fifth wall in databases. Uh, but um, that, that seems really cool. Um, and look, I, I'm, we're going to dig a bit more, and it's probably going to be some more stuff that comes out in the next couple of weeks, I'd I'm say. Sure. All right, well, uh, we've been talking for a while. I thought we just might move on. Um, just a couple of quick items. Um, Google, Google Teams up with Coursera uh, to help you boost your cloud skills. Now, I thought I'd mention this. Um, because, um, you know, if you've been keen, if you've been looking to improve your cloud computing skills, you're in luck, as Coursera has announced more than 500 cloud-focused projects from Google Cloud are now available in its online course site. So 500 new courses, um, and to help those looking to improve their cloud skills, Google Cloud is offering one-month free access to its content and projects on Coursera to 30,000 learners. And you can head there to claim their free access. So, thirty thousand people get one month free access to five hundred courses. Yeah, that, you know, well, a subset of our listeners then will be able to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and us being partners, we get access to Coursera, I believe. <laughs> so, so it's all there. Uh, I know I've talked a lot about a cloud guru in the past, and I love a cloud guru. I use them personally, but hey, uh, five hundred courses for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done a. I did one Coursera course recently, and it was okay. So, um, yeah, go and get it. Yeah. Get into it. Yeah, do the labs and, you know, learn a whole bunch do, of stuff. Do the labs, do the whole whole box and dice. Now, let's move on to a couple of tech stories here. Uh, Google introducing Swift on Google Cloud. So, Swift, uh, Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunications. Now, they they sort of jumped to prominence lately with the whole uh, Russia embargoes that are, that are going on, um, and they were barred from Swift, which meant they, they couldn't do financial transactions. Swift actually contains the information that enables the transaction. So, that's, that's, what's, that's how they were affected. So like a messaging bus, yeah? That's a messaging bus, yeah, for financial transactions, international financial trade, big monetary transactions, right? Uh, Google Cloud is creating a reference implementation of Swift components on Google Cloud to help mutual customers satisfy Swift security and operational requirements, increase operational efficiency, and accelerate adoption of cloud for their core payment applications. Now, I can remember... Um, I think I think I can say I think it's probably uh, well the company doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> um, when I well I kind of do. When I used to work for OTC, I worked for OTC, which is the Overseas Telecommunications, and they were uh, absorbed by what is the now Telstra. Um, there is a in one of their sites. There's a, there was a Swift node, Ooh. and uh, there was a room, a special room, which you needed. Uh, there was a double door to go in. So I, I, well, I was a system administrator on the site, so I could get through the first door into like the outer sanctum 
and I could look through a window to see the Swift node, but I could not get into the inner sanctum. Right. Right. So I've actually seen a Swift node. And you know what it looks like? It looks like the Whopper computer off War Games. You remember that, remember that film from the 80s? <laughs> That, let me pull, let me pull a picture. This. this is it. Oh. Whoppa. All right. Yeah, I was imagining a hamburger. So uh, it's it's W O P R, right? W O P A. Whopper. There it is. Whopper. So you know, my memory of it was that. Yeah, what's all the blinking lights? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, my memory of it was that, and it you know it wasn't. It really, it was that color, right? It was that color and it had blinking lights on it. So it wasn't far from mm-hmm. that. Um, so that would have been the height of the compute of computing at the time. I, this was probably 92, 93, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it had been there easy 10 years, yep. uh, maybe more. So it's 80s technology, uh, it would have been. But now we're talking about implementing all of that in Google Cloud. And I did. I did take a look at the uh, the reference architecture on this. And it looked pretty cool, and they're using like uh, obviously a lot of services. I think the Swift appliance is sitting on Compute Engine, but um, then they're using like uh, bare metal service for or- the Oracle database components. Um, yeah, they the, the the Swift HSM. Uh, they've got uh, special VPNing to connect in, um, and and this is the thing, right? So, if you look look at what Google Cloud's supplying, they're already there. Like so, um, Google's Google's security principles focus on secure by design infrastructure, right? So we know that's already there in place, right? Uh, it needs to have global reach for Swift, right? So we're talking 29 cloud regions, 88 zones, 146 network edge locations. Great, we've got that. Uh, It needs to have uh, huge data warehousing capabilities, right? So we've got that with BigQuery. Um, We can also, they also need, uh, there's also the AI platform, right? And we've talked about in the past how uh, DLP and, uh, you know, PII is handled um, with, you know, it can be, you know, manipulated with AI. Um, and, uh, and of course, I also mentioned this article, uh, the cleanest cloud in the industry, yeah, reducing the environmental footprint. So all of that is already there. You just put it together and you mix it up and you can build yourself a Swift yeah. node. And you don't have to have arrangements with like consuming either having the physical Swift hardware on prem or having to consume like Swift services from like another third party. That's right. Yeah, you, you're already ticking the boxes yeah. in in all those areas. Yeah, I I don't know what AWS or Azure if they're offering this, but this is another way, another another uh, feather in the cap for Google Cloud. For sure. I would yeah. say. And finally, I thought we'd finish up here with a couple of finance stories. Um, we touched on this last week, but the uh, quarterlies um, for all the major cloud vendors are available now. And I'll put a link in the show notes to a couple of articles that compare Google Cloud and Azure. Um, 
And uh, GCP outperforms in Q1 with 44% growth. The CEO promises a long-run view. Alphabet CEO, CEO Sundar Pichar said the company was taking a long-run view on Google Cloud and dedicated to methodically scaling up and executing better as the company announced Q1 revenue growth of 44% for its cloud offering, double digits higher than Microsoft's cloud 32% quarterly growth. Yeah, so that extra, what's that, extra 12? Extra 12, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, on top of it. Uh, Both Google owner Alphabet and Microsoft posted posted quarterly results late Tuesday reporting revenues of $55.3 billion and $49.4 billion. So once again, the quarterly revenue results are higher for Alphabet. Um, Correct. Yeah. I think that's what we touched on last week. Uh, we continue to deliver differential cloud products across four distinct areas, said Pinchai, uh, on an earnings call. Alphabet saying Alphabet more broadly had invested $40 billion in R&D in the US over the past 24 months. So their revenue is way up and they're spending it as well. Yeah. Let's we'll see if um, you know maybe maybe this year they can uh, get to profit. What <laughs> GCP? Yeah, maybe this year they can get to profit. <laughs> and uh, this last this last uh, paragraph here in this article here, I thought was interesting. Pinchai, meanwhile, said Google was continuing to take the fight to Microsoft on collaboration tools as well, saying to support hybrid work, it had introduced new collaboration features like bringing Google Meet directly into Google's Docs, Sheets, and Slides. I haven't used this yet. Have you used this? I haven't seen it. Oh, well, I, I saw a demo of it. I haven't actually used it. You can now live stream up to 100,000 people who can also participate in QA and polls. Jeez. We, yeah, we also launched a next wave of innovation in Google Docs with Smart Canvas, including auto-generate summaries and pageless format in Docs, Smart Chips, and automating automating workflow automating workflow using Gmail. It's actually funny uh, the um so, the pageless format thing in Docs when it's yeah. there. It's like oh, of course. Like why why wasn't there pageless formatting what? before? Like wh- I don't why print this like, thing. Why do I need it to have pages? I don't yeah. have pages. Like <laughs> I, I mean, I obviously have pages on a website, but I don't like if I'm scrolling yeah, I mean, an article. I don't have to go like. Next, but I, yeah. I don't want to be on a website that I'd still have to go next, 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 read one document. Yeah, yeah I'm using pages like a sucker. I don't want to use pages. Yeah, it's pages. But the um, the auto, not the auto generator, I mean, smart canvas. That's cool. If you if you want like a template, it's like a template system. Mm-hmm. You can just pull it up straight away and bang, it just populates the page with like a canvas, like a template uh, for your meeting or for a resume or whatever you want to write. Oh, bro. Another link I put in the show notes uh, from the um, Motley Fool. He does a, a he, he does an article called "Better uh, Better Buy," which is comparing Microsoft and Alphabet, and uh, he runs through all the numbers. And then right at the end of the article, he says, uh, "Microsoft and Alphabet are both great buyers at this price, but if I had to choose one or the other, I'd stick with Microsoft mm, for three simple reasons: its business is business is better diversified." Its cloud business is larger, and it isn't as sensitive to macroeconomic headwinds as Google's advertising business. What do you make of that? Uh, I mean, 
I, I'd, I'd say those are probably correct, right? I don't know what what Microsoft's advertising revenue side of things is. The there's definitely a shift in the way like Microsoft like like licensing on Windows sort of stuff and Office has, mm. has all shifted. I think. Yeah, I could be wrong, but so I- in that in that in that in that respects, what's the difference then? Mm. You know, all their licensing, which you know they made their money from Windows and Office in the in the nineties, but all of that now is more or less shifted to Office three six five, and we've got workspaces. So, and I think they in that sense, link, there's no difference. I think they link their Office three six five revenues with their Azure revenues, if I recall from the last time I wrote read one of these docs gets bundled right so it could be a bit of a misnomer what we're seeing then well, so I, could, I could be wrong so we're not I just comparing apples to apples seeing something where it was the two so. yeah 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 okay well i mean I, I guess the other thing is the um the longevity effect microsoft have been around a lot longer right and um People probably, especially investors, probably see Google as a little bit shaky. I mean, he mentions it right there. Um, isn't as sensitive to macroeconomic headwinds as Google's advertising business. So now, you know, interest rates are going up and the economy just looks so terrible. Yeah. No one's going to be spending money on ads, right? <laughs> yeah, well, let's, be, let's see what the next uh, few months have in store. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know I missed the opportunity to lock my mortgage in. <laughs> I think it's going to be as bad as, well I hope it won't be as bad as people are predicting yeah, touch you know uh, touch wood but um, yeah interesting um, so I'll link both those in the show notes and you can make up your own mind alright Dave well look I uh, I think that's about it we, we spent a lot oh, look boy oh boy Google I.O. and the Hightower talk boy there was just so much to unpack there um we might we might call it quits for the Fortnite. What do you think? I think that uh, sounds good. Rest the vocal cords, and uh, uh, I'm going to get this graphics card in. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy! I envy you playing around with that. Look, guys, go to iTunes, write us a review, uh, and don't forget to check out Casna Between Two Clouds, our sister YouTube channel. Uh, you can contact the show GCP Life at kasna.com.au. Uh, we've got the Twitter at GCP Life. Uh, and don't forget to check out our website. Uh, if you've been listening on the website, which you can do, of course, you're welcome to do. Uh, don't forget, you can also go to Spotify. You can go to iTunes. You can go to iHeartRadio. Uh, on the website there, there's actually a list of where uh, where we're syndicated to. And uh, you can pick up our show straight from your phone, straight from Spotify. And, of course, today's sponsor is Casna. At Casna, we make your Google Cloud solutions possible. And that's about it for me. And what about you, Dave? Just have a great fortnight, everyone. And uh, see you in a couple of weeks. <laughs> we'll catch you in two weeks. Bye. Bye. Welcome to GCP Life. This is episode number 13. Number 14, number 14.